When we started the practice yesterday, we began with focusing on a neutral anchor or home base, main focus. And we generally focus on the breath, as most of us were doing, but then there was a percentage of you I was suggesting who focus on who can use sound as your anchor. So this morning, we're going to continue, and I encourage you to stay, to stay with your anchor through the week, but we always want to begin to include other aspects of our experience in our meditation. And if you're having a morning or a part of the day when your mind is really scattered and it seems appropriate just to stay with your breath, breath after breath. So first, as we begin today, let's just notice our bodies present. Notice how you're doing on day two of the meditation retreat. Some of you have been up for a long time, perhaps most of you. Just sensing how our body is doing in this moment. So we can stay with our anchor, the breath, or possibly sound. But what we want to open today to is the field of our body sensations, which can become part of the practice. So it's helpful to, as I said, stay with our anchor, but when our body sensations become obvious to us, we can notice them. And particularly when we're working with pain, which I'll talk about in a little bit. For now, let's just notice the body. Notice our body. So drop your attention, sink your attention into your body. There's so many things to notice. There's areas where our body meets the cushion or the chair, the surfaces that connect. There's heaviness lightness, hardness, softness, pressure, movement. There's sensations of pleasantness. There's unpleasant. There's a lot that seems kind of neutral, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Let yourself just sense your body seated here and see what shows up, what calls out for attention, if anything. Sometimes it seems as though our attention gets drawn to multiple sensations bouncing around from one area of our body to another. Sometimes we are drawn to a certain area. Perhaps there's intense sensation in one area and our attention goes to it. And we can notice the changing sensations. So there's often a lot of neutral sensation. And as I'm talking, just keep noticing the sensation in your body, if it's obvious to you. And if not, you can still listen while returning to your breathing, feeling the breath moment after moment. And of course, the feeling of our breath is a sensation. It's a set of changing sensations. 
breath after breath rising and falling, expanding and contracting. Tingling in the nose, temperature changes. When teaching mindfulness, I never tell people to watch their breath. That's kind of an old school way of talking about it. We invite them to feel the breath. I invite you to feel your breath. It's a visceral experience, breathing. It's not something to watch. We can sense, feel this body, feel the aliveness in the body right now. So sometimes what we feel in our body, these sensations can be quite neutral no particular reaction towards them. Sometimes they're pleasant. Perhaps there's a feeling of ease in our body, or there's a sensation that's a pleasant sensation. One of the things you can look for when you're meditating is if there is a pleasant sensation, what happens in your mind? Typically what happens is we want to hold on to it. We want it to last. So as you're noticing your body sensations now or the sensation of breath, you might notice, is there something pleasant in my body? Maybe not. And how do I react to it? And then sometimes we have unpleasant sensations. In fact, when you're sitting along retreat, there's usually lots of unpleasant sensations. Can we notice the unpleasant sensations just as unpleasant sensations? So sense your body right now, and it may be, of course, exceedingly obvious, but is there some area of discomfort pain, unease. And the typical response to this is we usually want to push it away, push it away and get rid of it, stop it, we resist. These are the reactions that we have to these basic sensations. But actually, we have an opportunity with our mindfulness practice to simply notice. Notice the pleasant. Notice the unpleasant. Notice the neutral. And we don't have to go down the road of reacting one way or the other to these sensations. So this is something you can explore in your meditation today. The movement of the mind towards the pleasant and away from the unpleasant and a kind of dulling out that often happens in the neutral. In particular, when we have an unpleasant sensation we immediately create a story and stop using that quality of bare attention I talked about last night. And we start to dislike the sensation, want to get rid of the sensation, react, want to move, want to find a way out of the unpleasant. Or sometimes we try to... mm, try to withstand it. I'm strong, I can handle this, grit our teeth. I can sit through my burning knee pain, I can do it. 
And so the invitation today with pain in our body is actually to bring that loving awareness to these areas of pain, to get to know and understand the pain. To separate out the stories we create about the pain from the actual lived, felt experience in the moment, which is merely unpleasant sensation. So when you're feeling pain, if it's in the background, if anything is in the background, just stay with the experience of breathing or listening. But when it's really obvious to you and it calls out to you, then turn your attention to the pain and feel it. Notice the ways in which it manifests itself. Burning, stabbing, aching, twisting. Maybe it moves. It usually doesn't stay static. Does it relieve itself when you notice it? Does it grow? Does it increase? Does it stay the same? So our pain can be an investigation that actually is quite illuminating. Remember, looking and feeling and being with the pain, not necessarily to get rid of the pain, but to understand the pain. When we're feeling pain or unpleasant sensation, it's very helpful to not just dive into it. Now I'm going to be strong and feel my pain. That can overwhelm our systems. It can be too much. So what is helpful to do is find a part of our body that's neutral or pleasant, and this could be our hands or our feet, someplace that's ease-filled. And stay with the easy part, and then from time to time check into the pain, and then go back to where it's easy. And you can go back and forth. We can also bring some kindness to the pain. It's very helpful to use our loving-kindness practice in the face of difficult body sensations. We'll work a little bit more with the pain towards the end of this meditation. But for now, just allowing yourself to continue on with noticing your main focus, breath, or listening, sounds coming and going, or breath moving through our bodies. The abdomen and chest rising and falling. The sensations in our nose wherever you've chosen. Some people even prefer the full body breathing as their whole torso breathes. That's another way to notice your breath. Or listening to sound, sound after sound. And then when your attention gets drawn away, We can say a soft word in our mind, like thinking or wandering, and then gently return attention back to our main focus. If you're with your breath and sounds pull you away, then notice the sound, and then at some point come back to your breath. If you're with your breath and body sensations pull you away, let go of the breath. Feel the body sensations. 
You can also play with this idea of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, and my reactions to it. And if there's pain, you have some idea about how to work with it, and we'll do a little bit more in a few minutes. So for now, let's go into silence and continue on with our practice.
As we continue meditating, let's explore more concretely how to work with unpleasant sensation, otherwise known as pain. So first notice if there's a particular difficult, unpleasant, challenging sensation in your body right now. There may be something very obvious, or there may be something subtle. And if there is not anything present, then choose for this part of the meditation, just choose the most Uh, the most obvious sensation, the strongest sensation in your body to work with. So you can learn this practice. And now let's find a part of our body that feels at ease, pleasant, or at the very least neutral, someplace safe, Most people, for most people, your hands or your feet work well. Could be your legs. Even the breath can work, but someplace that is pleasant or neutral at the very least. And let's bring our attention there right now. Bring your attention to the pleasant, the ease-filled area. Just feel the ease, the goodness. And breathe. And now let's gently turn our attention to the area of difficulty in our body. So bring your attention there and notice it. Feel it. Notice the burning pulsing, twisting, heaviness, hardness, whatever it is, and just notice. Notice if it's multiple sensations or one sensation, and now come back to where it's easy again. Letting our minds rest, not overwhelming ourselves, Feeling the goodness, cultivating more mindfulness. And then again, turn your attention gently to the area of discomfort. (coughs) Noticing the sensations and what happens when you notice them. Do they grow? Do they expand? Do they shrink? Does another area pop up? So breathing, and let's see if you can soften around the pain. Soften. Noticing. And coming back to where it's easy again. Feeling the goodness, the ease. The relief. You can ask yourself the question, do I have a lot of stories about this pain? It's going to overwhelm me. I don't like it. I'm scared of it. See if you can separate the stories from the actual experience, the felt sense of the pain. Notice if there's a story. And now at your own pace, let's explore the pain some with our minds. Just bringing your attention and feeling it. And if it's very overwhelming pain, just feel it for three seconds or one second. Then go back to where it's easy. If it's more manageable and you're really curious about it and you feel like you can stay for a longer period, do that. 
So let yourself go back and forth at your own pace, being being soft or softening around it. Just see what happens. Now add a little bit of kindness to the mix. Can you imagine gently touching that part of your body with kindness? Infusing kindness into the area that is painful. Sending kindness to yourself for the fact that You're experiencing this pain. See what makes sense to you. Now come back to where it's easy, your hands or feet, wherever it feels okay. And see if it's possible to stay mostly with where it's easy, but cast a kind of sidelong glance at the difficult part of your body. Can you hold both at once? Just see what's possible. Now let the attention come mostly to the easy part or just the sense of safety, relief, goodness. And let that goodness spread through your body. Let the pleasant spread through your body. And offer yourself a little bit of appreciation for working with pain. So just out of curiosity, if you had pain and you worked with it, as we did the meditation, raise your hand if the pain improved, it got better. So a lot of people did. How about it got worse? Couple. How about it stayed the same? All right, it was going to do one of those three things. Remember, we're being with pain not, as I said several times, not to get rid of the pain, although if that happens, it's really nice, that's wonderful. But we're doing it to understand the pain and learn these skills of using our mindfulness practice in the midst of pain. And so it's something that that when I'm teaching students, we're working with this separation between the stories we have about pain 
the story, oh no, something's wrong with me, it's going to last forever, I'm a bad person, I did this to myself, whatever those stories are from the direct physical experience of the pain, from the physicality of it, which can shift from horrible pain, I hate it, to interesting but challenging sensations. And we always, what I always like to teach is that, as I did today, that you find a place in your body that is not painful and that you move back and forth between the two because we get really, can get quite overwhelmed by pain. Um, So this gives us a kind of respite, but it also increases the mindfulness so you have more and more capacity to be able to stay with the pain. And then when you do it, there's a kind of relationship. The, the moving is sometimes called pendulating back and forth that allows for more of an integration and capacity to be present. So I'm giving you both how to work with it on retreat, but how I conceive of it when you're working with students who have pain and how to teach, how to teach it a little bit. So any questions about your practice, what we just did, or something from last night, anything that's up for you? Uh-huh. Does this also work with um, difficult emotion, the going back and forth? Yes, exactly. The, it's the same principle for, yes, if it works with difficult emotions, it's the same principle. And I could have guided the meditation and just done exactly the same thing, but said, unpleasant, you know, feeling or emotion. It would have been it would have been very similar. Yeah. And we'll talk more about it too tomorrow. Yeah. So part it's a great question how do we distinguish the chronic pain from the from kind of med, what sometimes called meditation pain it's the pain that's induced through meditation but it's also sometimes um sometimes it's other things it's 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 kind of our body working things out physically in a sense it's pain that arises in meditation. Um there's a general rule of thumb that people give which is that if if when you get up from the sitting, it just stops, it's pain related to the meditation. But if it's chronic pain, it's going to continue. And, and so we want to be really gentle because there are people in this room I know who are dealing with like serious chronic pain and a little bit of meditative awareness around it is not going to cut it, right? The, the research shows that it's very helpful for people with chronic pain not necessarily in reducing the pain, although that can happen, but in, um, in creating the skills to tolerate it and to increasing the quality of life. So it is a tool that can be used, but when you're in the moment and you're sitting here and you're in like, you have serious chronic pain, you just wanna be taking care of yourself really well. So that means if you, um, you know, talk with, check in with us, but for instance, people can lie down or do, you can do standing meditation, whatever is going to take care of it so that you don't exacerbate the chronic pain. But the pain that comes from meditation, as I said, that sometimes can, it can just be from sitting in these positions for a long time, is what is, it's very helpful to work with in the way that I've been talking about as well. And as I said, if you stand up and it goes away, that's a good distinction. Yeah. But I prefer to sit. Um, I notice there's a diagonal way of sitting mm-hmm. you're all doing. Um, so I don't, I've been meditating a long time, but I've never explored different ways of sitting. Okay, so the question was about uh, the types of postures we sit in when we meditate. The general rule of thumb is finding a position that's supportive and um, Typically upright, but as I said, for some people they need to make accommodations and you can do lying down meditation. Um, 
and chairs are fine. So chair people, great. <laughs> when I'm sit, when I'm teaching out in um, in pretty much any context other than at a Buddha center, I have people sitting in chairs. Like ninety percent of the time, people are sitting in chairs because chairs are what's typically done in this cult, these cultural settings. So, you know, so chairs can be very supportive and a great way to practice. If you are doing floor sitting. Yeah, we tend to sit with our, I guess, with um, one, like this, with one foot in front of the other. Or you could, sometimes you put it on that, but that sometimes can make your foot fall asleep. So I like to do it like that. It's often good to switch, to reverse. So you sometimes do it one way and sometimes do it other way. So your body gets a little bit more balance. It's important, it's helpful if you're finding that you're, up a little bit and you can't get your knees to the floor, you can take these little side cushions and put them underneath. And, um, and then your knees are supported. I don't know if you can see what I'm doing, but I lifted the, I, I'm, you, it's, it's nice to have three points of contact, your butt and your knees. And if your knees are not reaching the floor, then you can put cushions to the side underneath to support that. Um, Yes, that's a good example. Sorry for those of you who can see the woman in front. She has many of those. <laughs> and she knows what she's doing. Right? Um, and then the benches are another great way to sit. And if the benches are supportive to you, do it. So my thing is, there's enough pain that's going on in meditation. Why make it worse without we're sitting? In other words, if you can find a position that's generally comfortable, then do it keeping yourself, um, and then you can also change and play with it. So sometimes you might sit on the bench, sometimes you might do a chair, sometimes you might do standing meditation. There's all sorts of options. Am I getting at everything? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are your arms like, like is there some energy in them? Or are they totally... Kind of collapse. Okay, the question was, is there energy in your arms or are they collapsed? Um, people do different things. I tend to just kind of put my hands on my knees, and that's in this tradition. It's typically taught that way. When I teach in, out in the general secular world, I have people just do what's ever comfortable. So I put them on your hands or put your hands on your knees or on your lap. Now, some schools of meditation teach a posture where you put one hand over the other and make like a little circle, and you hold it in front. This is usually like in the Zen world, and that creates a lot of energy, right? And it's considered very supportive, and I wasn't trained that way, but it's a fine way to practice. I typically wouldn't teach it in a secular context because it's a little bit on the I don't know. It's not weird, but it's just different. Like I want to make it as accessible as possible, so I don't so I don't do it, but if you want to play with that while you're here and see what happens, it can be quite energizing. I know you had a question then. Yeah. Can you talk about fatigue while sitting and especially in the early morning sits sort of going in between awake states and sort of dreamlike mind states and coming back and forth? Yeah. So fatigue when sitting um, this is so normal. It's just such a part of meditation, and partially that it, we're tired. Um, let me guess. Hold on. Wait. You don't get enough sleep. Am I right? How did I know? So when we come to the meditation, um, you, you know, we're, in some ways we're catching up on our sleep, and we're exhausted. And maybe some of you aren't used to getting up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m., right? So it's just normal. And then, and then it's hard work. You know, we're spending the day doing this practice. It can be fatiguing. So sleepiness arises. There are things you can do, like you can do standing meditation. You can open your eyes. You can shift your posture. You can go out and do a kind of exuberant walking meditation afterwards. Just things to bring up more energy. You can know that there are cycles with the meditation. There'll be times of the day when you're more sleepy than other times of the day, and that it's actually fine. You just kind of ride the cycles. And, and then lastly, you can be mindful of the sleepiness itself. So that becomes a part of the practice. It's not a separate thing, but it's, oh, okay, what's sleepiness feel like in this moment? There's a heaviness. There's a woozy feeling. And it actually just is part of your practice. Uh-huh. So with working with pain with clients, 
Okay, did everyone hear? No? Yeah. Okay. So this, this, is a, this is a good question. Probably, my guess is, especially for those of you who may be therapists, like you have multiple tools or health practitioners that you use. So the main thing is just being clear what you're using when you're using it, because they're all good. And the one that you described that involves a bit of visualization is actually very aligned with what I was just doing with the mindfulness. And I might have done it in a, with an individual personally, and because, because um, especially if you're getting feedback from them. And is it, is it large or small? Is it dense? Does it have a color? Does it have a shape? Those kinds of things. I think they're very aligned. It's not exactly like purest mindfulness, but it's completely a good practice. Just kind of, you have a tool bag and you're going to have mindfulness for working with pain, visualization for working with pain, you know, these multiple things and use them with an awareness of what it is you're doing. And I think it's helpful to give people multiple tools, you know, it's very important. Yeah, it sounds great what you're doing, really. And I love that idea. And you can all practice that, that idea, like, is there space? Put some space around it. That's what I was kind of getting at with the softening piece, but that's another languaging that's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, maybe last one. I, I have a question about the comment you just made that mm-hmm. those kinds of comments aren't pure my, purest mindfulness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> okay, so if you're just talking about mindfulness, like, like paying attention to the experience exactly as it is, and typically, we're not inviting people to go off into um, imagery or visualization or that type of thing. So that invi- invites in a little bit of that, of, a, of kind of visualizing or imagery. So it's not, that's what I meant. It's not exactly like straight, pure, no frills, mindfulness, but it's very much in the spirit of what we're doing here. Is it quick? Uh, oh yeah, okay, so that's a really good point, and I did forget to mention this. If there's re- some people may experience that there's actually no pleasant part of their body, or it's just so neutral that it's kind of dulled out, you can use something that's external. For instance, you could look out the window at the beautiful view and have that be your resource, right? Or you could imagine a very um, lovely memory or being in bed and being warm and heavy or in a beautiful place. So you can actually go back and forth between that. And that's important if you're using this tool with clients or with students because some people do not have any area that feels good. And I did forget to mention that. So glad you brought it up. Okay, so now it's time for walking meditation, or some of you will be having meetings with Mark, me, and Sarah. And um, if there should be, check the list on the left when you exit out of here to make sure that you have your meeting. They're in three different spots. Um, With Sarah's meeting in the council house, and Mark and I are meeting in room one and two. I don't know who's in which, we'll go look. But they're right when you exit out the glass doors on the right. Those are where the two rooms are. Everyone will be having meetings. Either if it's not today, it will be tomorrow. And it's just an opportunity to talk about our practice and to uh, hear, to get feedback from the teachers and for, from us to get a sense of how you're doing in any ways that we can support you. So it's pretty low-key.
Any questions about it? Okay. Oh, and Sarah will be doing sign-up interviews or meetings with Sarah during the day. She'll be doing them on a regular basis in the mornings. So if you don't have a group meeting today and you're really needing the support of... Um, or of a teacher, then you can sign up with Sarah. And that sign up is on one of the bulletin boards on the left when you exit. So there are about 15 minutes where you get a chance if you need it. But don't do it if you're having a group meeting today because you'll be meeting with one of us anyway. Uh-huh. Can I just ask one more question? Sure. So is silent time over? Or- <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Despite the fact that we are talking right now <laughs> and about to be talking, <laughs> no, okay. the entire retreat, zip your lip <laughs> or whatever, it's, it's silent, okay? It's silent, but there will be opportunities to talk when you go into your group or uh, in the hall if we have any kind of dialogue. But otherwise, we're going to keep the silence. And also with the silence, it means really staying contained in your own experience, like not trying to make eye contact with people, no sign language. No, you know, we, want to be, we want to be as respectful and in our own space as possible, and that's another element of the silence. Okay. All right, we will um, we'll have a great day. See you soon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.